You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. I'm not your typical parent. <laughs> that's that's it that's clear to see yeah, absolutely <laughs> and i want to say typical ain't always better dead ass so we doing it our way hey i'm kadeen and i'm deval and we're the ellises you may know us from posting funny videos with our boys and reading each other publicly as a form of therapy wait i make you need therapy most days Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. So, I'm going to take us back to... Let me get my tissues ready because this story kind of <laughs> makes me sad. This shouldn't make you sad. This, this, <laughs> this story time takes me back to two weeks ago. No, three weeks ago, actually. Uh-huh. Or when this airs, it's going to be probably weeks, weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. But um, I went to social media to explain why the kids mm-hmm. wouldn't be on social media for a little bit of time. I was giving them a break. Mm-hmm. And let me give y'all the full context of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. That Sunday, we went to one of Jackson's basketball games, and he wasn't trying. He just was not. He just wasn't. He wasn't there. He just. We had put a lot of hours into going to the gym because he said he wanted to play basketball, and we've been in the gym every single day, taking 150 shots. No, making 150 shots. Hired a trainer. Um, got gym time, rented court time. Like I've done all of that to be supportive. And and he went in there in this, I think it was his seventh game at this point, and he just seemed like he wasn't interested. So get in the car and um I just let him have it. Like was just telling him how disappointed I was. Yeah, I cursed. It was, it was, it was bad. It was a it was a lot. It was bad. Your father was in the car, your father was telling Jackson too, like, yeah, man, I don't know what today was. Like collectively, as the adults, we was pretty much letting Jackson know how bad it was. Then we get home and Cairo and Kaz are playing as usual. Dakota's here. I'm downstairs with one of my homeboys who came to watch Jackson play. And Kadeen says, Deval, can you come upstairs right now, please? And she had that motherly tone. So I'm like, what's up? Like, what's the matter? And she's just like, can you please talk to Kaz about saying booty? <laughs> and I'm like, didn't we have this conversation already? And, about butts and, booty and, and you were just that. like, you were just like, yeah, every time it, someone farts, if someone says booty <laughs> or butt, and then they just bust out laughing and he just keeps saying booty and I'm tired of it. So I, I, I try to do my best. I get down on a knee. I, I meet him at his level. I speak to him. I got a high voice because I don't want him to be intimidated. And I'm just like, Kaz, didn't we talk about, you know, not saying booty anymore? And he just you know, puts his chin up. like He's looking through his nose at me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, buddy, didn't we have this discussion already? And he's just looking at me. Such a Sagittarius. So I'm like, I'm like, what's the matter? And then Cairo comes and he's just like, I don't know. He just keeps saying sus stuff. And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, he's just doing sus stuff. And I'm like, what like what is he doing? He just keeps shaking his booty. And he's just like, he keeps coming behind me and just like putting his pee-pee on me. So I'm like, I'm like, Kaz, what are you watching? So then Cairo says he watches this thing. Called um, what was it? Some gummy bear. The song. gummy bear. I'm a gummy bear, and the gummy bear dances and shakes, and shakes his butt. <laughs> so Kaz thinks it's funny, and he keeps shaking his butt. So I instantly get pissed, right? And I say, Kaz, didn't we talk about 
not doing what you see on YouTube, right? And he just looks at me through his nose again. So I lost it. And I said, okay, this is how you want to do things. You want to play this game? So I go grab his iPad, get his iPad. I walk him out to the balcony. And I say, you see this iPad? And I throw the iPad over the balcony. The whole time I'm doing this, he's still standing there staring at me through his nose. And it wasn't until he heard grunk and that iPad hit the pool where he finally broke down and said, <laughs> so now I'm screaming, oh, I'm hollering. I'm like, give me every piece of jewelry. Give me every jersey, all these sneakers, put it all at the bottom of the stairs. You kids are entitled. You don't listen. And I lost it. And Kadeem comes to me afterwards because in that moment, Kadeem was fully supportive. She's holding Dakota and she's walking around going, mm-hmm, you heard what your father said? You heard what your father said? Then later on that night, she goes, did you really have to throw his iPad <laughs> in the pool? And I was like, I was trying to make a point. I was speaking to him the way I've been reading and trying to learn and evolve as a parent of how I should speak to my toddler to not make them feel intimidated. Mm -hmm. And the motherfucker wasn't listening. <laughs> But he started listening when I threw that iPad in the pool, didn't he? And she's like, I guess so. So this is how I slept that night, knowing that I had won. But then I woke up <laughs> feeling awful because I felt like I had gone too far. Then it took me a couple of days to reflect. Mm -hmm. And um, after well, we get done with, after, after we get, yeah, after we get done with, uh, Karaoke. I'll, I'll tell you guys about the reflection. Okay. Because I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to holler about anything, anything, anything. And because I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day. Because I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to holler about anything, anything, anything. Wow. I had to hustle my back to the wall. Ashy knuckles. Pockets filled with a lot of lint. Not a cent. Got a vent. A lot of innocent lives lost on the project bench. Had to pay rent. Bring dollars in. That's what I've been through <laughs> for these kids. That's what I've been through. Pockets yo, got mad lint now, yo, bro. Think about, think about when we first had Jackson, Bruh. how broke we were yeah. and how hard we worked. Oh, my gosh. Man, I love karaoke. But you know what I love more than karaoke? Money. So let's take a break so we can pay some ads and we'll be right back. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. 
There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here... They're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushion. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Think about when we first had Jackson, how broke we were and how hard we worked. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When my when that feeling like my kids were becoming entitled made me feel like I was failing as a father and a husband, especially I since I have four black boys. That's why I, in that moment, of course, we are going to be the united front as parents all the time and we try to be. Um, but in that moment, I was like, I let you rock because I mm-hmm. felt like, you know, you had had enough. And we both, I think, collectively as a unit had had enough of certain things yes. in this household, right? Um, of course, we do the best that we can. We have our three boys, now four. Um, we have our, my parents here mm-hmm. also living simultaneously. So we had had the discussion recently, Deval and I were saying, you know, are we doing our kids almost a disservice having their grandparents here full time? Because you know how it is when you go to grandma and grandpa's house, you get spoiled, mm-hmm. you get what you want, you know, you mm-hmm. have a good time, but then you come back home to mom and dad. Whereas having them in the house with us full time, 24-7, yep there becomes this a little bit of a, a, a battle because it's like grandma and grandpa want to be grandma and grandpa as they, as, should, as they be, should be. And they want to spoil and they want to give and they want to do, but that can't happen 24-7 because they live with us. Mm-hmm. So we were noticing that some of the things that you and I um, were trying to implement or trying to enforce with the children, mm-hmm. sometimes there was an inconsistency because mm-hmm. my parents wouldn't necessarily see it through. Though they try, but right. sometimes the kids are going to be kids and they know right. they can get away with things. With. So so tell us about, um, I guess now, your reflection. Because Deval and I actually had to leave to go to New York for work right. the next morning. So no one wants to have that argument. You know, it's like arguing with your spouse and then you have to leave and go away. Um, I think it hurt 10 times worse to feel like that was the note yeah, you left. we left That the was next the accord day. that we left the next morning um, with the children on, right. you know. Um, but it happened that evening and... That plane ride and everything, I could tell that. And that yeah, it was, was on really my mind. Um, it was on my mind for two reasons. One, because I, I always want to evolve and be better, right? But I felt like in me trying to be better and give, give my kids better, I was failing because it wasn't working. You know, like I grew up um, a very modest and privileged young man. You know, I was privileged that both my parents, we moved from an apartment to a house. That was the privilege. You know, I had a lawn. You know, my, my father bought me my first car when I was 18. Privilege. But modest in that my parents made me work for everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't give... We didn't We didn't live in abundance, mm-hmm. right? So everything that I got growing up, I felt had value. Yes. You know, and then my Same. father taught me a lot of valuable lessons about finances and time because I had to work. Like, my grandparents, when we were eight and nine years old, we had to set up a chore system, mm-hmm. right? Where we had to be up at eight in the morning. We had to cut the grass. They lived on an a, a acre and a half of land in Morristown, Tennessee. My brother, my cousin Devon, and I had to cut the grass, trim the hessians, water the lawn, pick the weeds. And this is eight and nine years old, but it taught us work ethic. We knew we had to be up. It was hot in the summertime in Morristown, Tennessee, and we were outside doing this to the point where when I was 16 and I, I, started, I got my my uh, license, I got my um, permit, mm-hmm. and I knew I was going to start driving. I was like, let me get a job so I can have gas money because mm-hmm. I was borrowing my Uncle Kev's car. So I was never uh, like uh, afraid of never hard work, it, never yeah. a stranger to it. Mm-hmm. So now you, you get older and you're like, I want to give my kids all of the things I that didn't I didn't have. have. That's it. Right? So 
we move from our apartment just like almost the same exact year. We moved from our apartment at nine, which actually was nine, mm-hmm. and we eight, and we moved from Canarsie, from from Flatbush to Canarsie when I was eight. Mm-hmm. So I remember going from an apartment to going to a house. So with Jackson, we moved from our apartment, then we moved to LA, mm-hmm. then we moved from LA, and now we're in Atlanta in our own space. And I I noticed that they were just taking certain things for granted, mm-hmm. you know, like. <clears throat> Jackson was using V-Bucks all of the time. Mm -hmm. And he's using these V-Bucks and I'm getting pissed off because every other day it's like $9, $10. And I'm like, bro, like this is money. You don't just be spending it on V-Bucks and then when you waste the V-Bucks, you get more V-Bucks. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Then he asked me to get him a trainer and take him to basketball and do all these things. And while I'm investing my time, Mm -hmm. taking time away from my wife and my kids and my money, to do these things, you get into the games and you just at some point you just act like you don't want to be there. I I like lost it, mm-hmm. you know? But then you have people in your life who kind of bring you back to a perspective, right? J. Cole, who's Jackson's trainer, was like, yo, D, you do realize that Jackson's only been playing organized basketball for two months. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, but there has to be a will and a want for him. And he was like, well, you can't have a will or want to do something that you don't know what you're supposed to do. He's learning. So it mm-hmm. seems like he's moving slow or he or he's lost because he really doesn't know. Every kid that I've trained has gone through this. So I was like, oh, so this is not like an entitlement thing or him? And he's just like, no. Mm. So I was like, damn. <laughs> I, I messed up. Like, you know, like, damn, I, I feel bad. Devout was like, hey, you got some goggles? I was like, goggles? He's like, yeah, I'm about to go fish the <laughs> iPad out of the pool because I messed up. You got, you got jokes. You got jokes. <laughs> No, I felt bad because I was like, I'm the one that called you upstairs. I, I felt like I sparked that whole tantrum in a sense. Well, then, because I was overhearing Kaz, right? You know, because the thing is, like, they joke about it. Oh, booty, you know, booty, hey, hey, like they think it's so funny at this right. age. But what I fear is that he's gonna be out in public or at someone else's house, right. or you know what I mean? Because it's always a thing where your parents, you know, they give you the talk when they send you to someone else's house to Absolutely. play or whatever, and it's just like behave yourself, don't see, you know? And you just want it to be a habit. The things right. that you learn at home you will then take with you out mm-hmm. into the world. I just didn't want him running around in people's houses, you know, talking about booties and, and peepees all day. I you agree. Know? But you know what brought me back to reality? This is my first time raising boys. I called my parents to vent about, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm trying to give them anything. And then my mom said, my mom said, you know, you and your brother did the same thing. <laughs> Walk around this house four and five years, anytime somebody fart or say booty or butt or penis or boobies, y'all bust out laughing. Y'all walk around here, no shirts on. And it's just like, y'all used to have fart competitions and stuff. And I'm just like, dang, you know what? Like we, like we did. Mm-hmm. But- and I realized in that moment that I was projecting where I, where I am in my life and expecting my toddler and my 10-year-old to understand everything that I had finally figured out mm-hmm. at 37 and then realizing that at 37, I don't know everything. Right. So I had to apologize, right? Mm-hmm. So here's where it tripped me out and made me realize that we were doing an okay job parenting. Mm-hmm. I FaceTimed Jackson while we are in New York. I say, hey, what's up, First bro? of all, Deval was in the hotel room looking like he lost <laughs> all his dogs, okay? I went out to get my makeup done, came back, and he was just like, man, I had to have a call, a talk with Jay Cole, and he just looked so sad. I was like, you know what? You better reconcile with your babies before you lose it. Because you don't, I don't want to say know. you don't know because- No, I've been there as well. I've had to apologize. Remember Jackson and the whole COVID yeah. thing? Like, I've had to sob and, you know, apologize No, you're right. You, yeah, you're right. You had, you had to apologize. And what I'm what I'm talking about is- there are different nuances in being a black woman and a black man, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes I get stuck in those nuances. For example, the the video that surfaced of the young white boy and the young black boy who were in the mall mm-hmm. having an argument. The argument became physical. The right. white boy was the aggressor, mm-hmm. right? They're fighting each other. Two white cops come over, right? They pull the white boy off of the little black kid, right? Sit him down on the couch. Mm-hmm. Then put their knee in the backs of the black kid and handcuff him. Mm-hmm. No so, questions asked. No questions asked. So yeah. in, in my mind, in my mind, it's like, and not for nothing, they do the same thing to young black girls because there was the video, uh, yeah. I think it was six years ago, of the young black girl at the she pool. Was out, yeah, at the, the pool. pool. And they, the community, yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just, and. Yep. So for me, when I look at my boys, I'm trying to teach them a level of dignity and toughness. Mm-hmm. And emotional security at the same time. And I want them to understand so bad 
because I fear that they go out into the world and not understanding these things and find themselves in that situation. For sure. That's the fear I have as a father. Oh, to, as a mother as well. To four really? kings, you know? Yes. But I, I FaceTime Jackson and I say, bro, I got to talk to you, man. I, I, I owe you an apology. And he was just like, okay. And I was just like, you know, I handled it wrong in the, in the, in the car. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't have been screaming. And, and this is just, just clarity. I scream, and then I'm going to say this on the podcast because this is our community, but when it comes to coaching and training and motivating my kids, I scream and curse at my kids. This is why I call myself a renegade. I do things non-traditionally, and the reason why I do it is because I was an athlete my whole life. Every coach that I came across screamed and cursed and hollered, and it wasn't like a always a degrading curse, but it was something like, you know, like, let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. And I want my boys to hear those words from me while getting hugs and kisses so that they understand that when someone is screaming and cursing at you, especially as a coach, it's not always degrading you. Mm -hmm. Because also as a mentor at Prototype for 10 years, I noticed how boys who never got that at home Mm -hmm. or was never uh, coached on what it's like to be coached hard by someone. They probably folded. They folded. Because they didn't understand that, yeah, this coach is maybe screaming and cursing and hollering and stuff, but they're trying to give you the tools you need to succeed. And a lot of those young men and young women were just like, oh, the coach just don't like me. Mm. And it's like, well, do they scream and curse at everybody? Yeah, but they be screaming and cursing at, cursing at me different. No, it's not different. You just don't like it. Mm-hmm. So you you pulled back and now you're no longer on the team and you lost your own opportunity. Or maybe the coach saw something in you and was Absolutely. trying to pull that, that dog out of you. You Absolutely. know what I mean? I, say it one so, time. Yeah, they pull, pull the dog out. You, yeah. you want, and, and I noticed this with Jackson. When Jackson's in a happy-go-lucky mood, mm-hmm. he plays at a different level. Mm-hmm. When I come over to him, I'm like, yo, you keep playing around and we going to fuck home. Now drops, Jackson wants to drop 15 points and <laughs> steals and block. The, and it's like I'm, I'm trying to bring the dog out of him because you got to compete. Right. But I told him, I said, you know, I misdiagnosed what was happening that day. Mm-hmm. J. Cole was there. He told me that you look lost because you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You weren't just being lazy. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah. And I was just like, well, I'm, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? I've never been a dad before in this position. I got emotional. Mm-hmm. I got upset and it, it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And... I was expecting him to break down and cry like he does. But you made me feel bad. But he, he, this is literally what he said to me. He said, well, Dad, you know, you're human just like I am. And when I make mistakes, you give, you forgive me, right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, I forgive you. Not that big a deal. We're going to grow together, right? We're going to learn together, right? And now he's encouraging me <laughs> as a parent. Picking him you know up off the floor. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, and that made me feel like, dang, like all this talking we're doing about emotional uh, emotional intelligence awareness and awareness and, yeah. and, and being secure in yourself. My son at 10 is using this moment to encourage me who made the mistake. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Whew. so at least in making my mistake, I didn't damage my son. Right. But I had to acknowledge that. Right. I spoke to Kaz. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Kaz. And Kaz is four, so he wasn't as profound. But he gave me a hug. He's like, it's okay, daddy. You know, like... Yeah. And then Cairo was caught in the mix because one thing I'm not going to do is just punish <laughs> one Cairo. and not punish the rest. So I right. took Cairo's leather jacket and his shades. Cairo stuff. was like, I didn't even do anything, though. <laughs> but he fell in line and he gave all his but stuff. But he did. He fell in line. He stuck by his brothers. He stuck by his one brothers. Thing, they're going to be is a united front the same way yeah. we're a united front. Absolutely. Like, they're not going to snitch at each other. Like They have this like yeah, this bond. This bond going on, which I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. But I'm I spoke all right to all that. of them individually. Mm-hmm. Kyro's like, oh, it's cool, Dad. But you know, Kyro and his stoic self, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay, but can I have my chain back now? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, bro. You can have your chain back I now. I want to wear my leather jacket to Kyro um, Jackson's game. <laughs> right, uh, and look like Kanye West. That's all he wants. He's, Kyro is, oh my God. If I haven't seen that reel on my Instagram, you have to you see it, check the it way out. he walks into this game. But um, I think it was great just to watch the entire thing kind of transpire because um, for so long, I think we were conditioned to believe that parents were always right and right. do as I say. And we saw how that impacted us as children growing up yeah. and into adulthood. We we're just like, damn, accountability is so huge for us. And something that I think a lot of our generation felt like our parents lacked was accountability. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times there was a not having conversations with us, not having to explain themselves mm-hmm. because they just felt like a child needed to be seen and not heard. Yep. Um, a child should not have an opinion because why? I know better. I'm the parent. I've heard that. Um, you, you don't know, have an opinion. You don't have you an don't opinion. You don't pay no bills. Right. I've exactly. Heard that. All the time. 
So um, where we try to kind of be different in that, you know, some people may think it's too liberal that you give your right. child their voice to be able to speak and say how right. they feel. Um, we think that it allows for a better connection because what we never want there to be is the lack of communication. Kids feeling like they can't speak to us because our parents just don't understand and mm -hmm. there being a disconnect between the generation because that always happens with mm -hmm. parents and children. So I like that um, as I observed everything kind of unfolding that you had a sense of peace once you had the conversation with Jackson because I felt like yeah. you couldn't even continue the trip without that hanging over your head. It was, if I felt and bad. And then I appreciate the village of people we have around us that we can also lean on and speak to who mm -hmm. are also parents, who are also coaches, who are also in different capacities that can say, you know what, D, you were wrong yeah, in that Yeah, you wrong in this situation, yeah. Um, and, and, you know. You got to chill out. You gotta, yeah, you got to reach out and, and be like, yo, did I handle this correctly? And we're never above that either as parents because right. there's this constant desire and this constant want for us to just learn and to be better and to understand our children yeah you know um and it's hard because we've been through life experiences so it's like you can see the writing on the wall a lot of the yeah. times and you know what's required right um and that's something you try to instill in your kids but at the same time it's just like damn some things they're gonna have to a figure out on their own and b i can't micromanage my child's life you know you can't and, and there's something else i want to bring up especially about micromanaging is social media mm -hmm. and the role it plays on being a parent, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm a member of the Dad Gang. Mm -hmm. You know, I was honored last year at the Dad Gang banquet. Uh, shout out to Sean and Jeff and all of those guys. Like, those really good dudes. But um, social media is all about trends, right? Mm -hmm. And a part of the trend, one of the trends that was growing quickly over the last couple of years, especially since I've been on social media, is, is parenting, how mm -hmm. you parent, and mm -hmm. fatherhood, right? Black fatherhood. And a lot of the guys were saying, like, you know, Deval, you're like the, the godfather of black fatherhood content because mm -hmm. no one was doing it. Right. And then I started doing it. And then it started to become trendy. And now a lot of guys are doing it. Right. First of all, kudos to you guys for, for expressing what it's like to be a black father because it needs to be more than one voice. For sure. So we need to see different types of dads parenting in different ways with different children so that representation is out there, right? Mm -hmm. So kudos to you guys, but also I appreciate and I feel honored that you guys call me the godfather of fatherhood content. But with that comes a responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So our content is entertainment. And it's important for people to understand that when you watch the Ellis's on social media, it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. You get less than 1% of me actually fathering mm -hmm. on social media. You know what I'm saying? wifing and me mothering, yeah. It's true. But but I felt a responsibility to let the people who follow me know, like, okay, this is what happened. Because a large part of the time, it's me joking with my kids, mm -hmm. me laughing and doing stuff with my kids. So people think that that's all that happens. Mm -hmm. Right? So I had to, to, to at least tell this blackout moment. I didn't want to show it because I'm not, not I'm not big on disciplining my kids on social media. Well, no. We didn't right? do that yet. And in that moment, we were both, we were all just present in that moment. Present in a there moment. There was not like a desire to pull out a camera, but... but I want I wanted to express that my kids were being disciplined mm -hmm. because I wanted people to know that I'm not going to sacrifice being recognized as the best father at a detriment to my kids by not being the best father. And in sometimes being the best father in that moment of course. is not going to be applauded by everyone on the outside. Because of the method or you see what how I'm you saying? did it. Yep. And and the thing is, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm fine with that. And I want a lot of men and women who are being moms out there to understand that you have a responsibility to be a parent, not just be a parent on social media, mm -hmm. you know, and understanding that social media for the vast majority of people, the people who comment, the vast majority of people is the loud minority, yeah. right? Most people, when they have a comment or something that's positive, they don't say much. Right. People love to leave negative comments. Always. So what happens is I watch a lot of people and I hear dads, because we mm -hmm. talked about this in the, the dad game, how do I deal with people who comment negatively on something that they've done as a dad and try to express and be transparent? Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, you can't, you can't look at the you comments. Don't. Like, yeah. like, it's, like <laughs> you you're parenting. Don't. You yeah. know what your child needed in that moment. And most of the videos we post lack the full context of what happened. So when you posted a Always. clip of what happened, yep. of course, people are going to dissect and pick it apart. Right. Because you posted it, you have to deal with the fact that they dissected it and picked it apart. You posted it. Right. But also remember that most of the people who are commenting on your stuff 
are naysayers. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just be clear what social media is. Social media is a place for people to complain and vent about how bad their life is, right? The most, most of the people who watch, who enjoy it and, and having a good time doing it, don't really leave positive comments. You want to know why? They're too busy living their own life to be going back and forth with people, mm -hmm. but they'll be supportive. Like we have, like the vast majority of our community are supportive super people. Super supportive. Yeah. Super supportive and we love people. And, and absolutely. Yes. But of the million, 1.8 million people that follow me, I don't get 1.8 million comments every time I post something. Right. You know what I'm saying? You may get a couple thousand, you know, a couple tens of thousands, but even tens of thousands to 1.8 million is less than 1%. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And even the vast majority of those comments are positive. Right. But some of the comments are negative. And we as parents tend to look at the negative comments and try to adjust our parenting style based on negative comments on social media. We cannot do that. Absolutely not. And 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 when I the reason why I chose Renegade is because I want to be one of the first people to openly say that I will never be a detriment to my kids because of what someone said to me about my parenting style on social media. Never. I'm and just I mean, even I'm not. to lending like you know we are very selective about the people who we seek advice from. Mm -hmm. um, we know with our children, for example, we have some friends that we made out here, Jackson's friends, parents, mm -hmm. who are a little bit older than us, but yeah. they've also raised three boys. Two have already graduated from already college, graduated. gotten Division One scholarships. Absolutely. Yeah. So if we're ever in a you know conundrum where we're just like, mm -hmm. man, we need to get some advice or you know, what is it like to have this or just having conversations because I feel like they need to be had. Mm -hmm. um, that's somebody that we feel like we can lean on because yeah. they may have been in a circumstance that we have not yet touched. Or we're just about to embark on, or what's a way to kind of combat something that may potentially happen in the future when Jackson's thirteen because they've yeah. been there before. So instead of seeking advice from comments or people, um, you know, it's about speaking to the right people who you feel like will be able mm -hmm. to be objective that can kind of step back from the situation and say, All right, Deval, well, you may not have done this the right way, who's not gonna yes you to death yeah, either. Absolutely. But also just speak from their experience and then you take from that what you need mm -hmm. um which i think that's the, one of the biggest blessings that we have is a lot of people that we can go to for that yeah. if we needed to um and usually with social media like you said you get one portion of it you don't understand anything that's happened that might have right. led up to that moment right or you know the history behind right. everything the same thing that happened with our monogamy clip you know mm -hmm. people saw the one little clip and had no idea right the context of things um so that is that's easily a, a sparking like a catalyst for people to just kind of just say what yeah. they feel in that moment based off of that um but yeah we're still trying to th figure out this parenting thing I, when my mom told me back in the day that there's no book to being a parent and there's no blueprint or guideline it, there's nothing truer and for us it's also a matter of having to um i think style step as parents around our children's ways of learning mm -hmm. things um mm -hmm. how they receive information how they receive discipline um, the pr approaches that we have to take, you know, I know one time you had said that you feel like we didn't need to style step around the children. Yeah, I was, uh, but, and um, that was, um, that was very necessary. early on before, this is when Jackson was about seven mm -hmm. and we just had Cairo and Cass. And my plan was to create a system that could, that could parent them the same way. So no child felt left out. Right. So there was no favoritism. Because I remember growing up in my house, my parents style-stepped a lot. Mm -hmm. And me being the oldest, I felt like a lot of the accountability was put on me. And my brother and my sister were allowed to get away with a lot more. Right. And I, I, I still feel strongly about that to this day. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like I, di I didn't want to raise my children in an environment where one felt like the other one was getting treated differently than the other. Right. So I, I didn't want to style step. So maybe style step is not the word, but it's the no, approach no, no. that you take you, with each child based on how they receive information. Well, let me just finish this. You oh, were okay. right with the style stepping okay. because I didn't realize, because at those time I didn't realize how different their personalities were going to be. Uh, then once Cairo was five and Kaz is four, mm -hmm. I realized I cannot do the same thing to Cairo that I do to Jackson. Mm -hmm. So style stepping was the right word. And you were right. Mm -hmm. In the moment, I didn't realize how right you were because I felt like this is the way I wanted to be with my kids. Right. And it wasn't until seeing their personalities, for example, Jackson needs to be screamed at and challenged mm -hmm. so that that fire goes out. Cairo is fiery all the time. Mm -hmm. I have to calm Cairo down. Yo, yes. relax. Yes. Control yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I like. I can't. I, I literally cannot do the right. same thing can't to the, the two of them because it right. would never be well. Right. If if the way Cairo is, if I went in and was like, let's fucking go, he would be out of control, tearing people's heads off. Right. 
He needs to learn control. Mm -hmm. Jackson is very controlled. Mm -hmm. He needs to learn how to be more assertive. Right. So that's where you were absolutely right. Like I, I Cass needs to learn how to give a damn. <laughs> Cass don't give a damn. damn. Like he's just like, yeah, he's I, like I'm not like, doing this. Right. Nope. But um, there's one thing I do want to say that I also learned from being a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, we spend so much time trying to give our kids all the stuff that we didn't have that we neglect to give them what and teach them the lessons that we've learned. Right. Yeah. Adversity. Um, James, shout out to James Edmonds. He's one of the, the the dads that helps us out with Jackson and um his wife Shonda. Um, he sent me a text message after this whole ordeal with Jackson, and he sent me this text message. It was a parable, right? And it says, My grandfather walked 10 miles to work. My father worked five miles to work. I drive a Cadillac. My son will drive a Porsche. My grandson will walk 10 miles to work. Right? And it was just like, well, why is that? And they said, tough times make strong men. Strong men make easy times. Easy times make weak, weak men, men. And weak mm. men make tough times. Mm. Cycle. And I, and I said to him, I said, you know, that reminds right. me of a saying I heard that it says, it's hard to find a great man that's the son of a great man. Because mm. typically Bars. the adversity that you've gone through to make you great, you've erased all of that adversity for, for your, your son. Children. Yeah. And now they grow up just like, oh, the world is easy. Yeah. I've learned that, and this doesn't go just for, for sons. I learned this with sons and, and daughters. daughters. Because the same thing can be said for my family. I yes. think about my family and how my parents came up here at young, what, 16, 17 yes. years old on their own, trying to make a life from yes. themselves, for themselves, you know, living with people who will mm -hmm. allow them to stay for periods at a time just so they can get themselves mm -hmm. and make their make something of themselves. And then I think about the life that I've lived with my parents. Like you said, you know, middle class, but still had a lot of privilege, mm -hmm. had the things that I needed and wanted because my parents worked so hard. And yeah. then now as a parent too, this is something we always battle with is like, how do we try to create some adversity for the kids? Because we don't want that to continue to be the cycle where they just right. have everything and they're not appreciative or they're not hard workers. So yeah, I, it's, it's guys well, and girls feel that way. The one thing that I've, I've learned is that you cannot eradicate all adversity from your child's life because mm -hmm. that's not that's going to be to their detriment and um i am unapologetic about the way i am with my boys i had posted um a video where i was using the the skimmer for the pool mm -hmm. and helping jackson with basketball yeah, yeah. and and during the clip you were filming i didn't realize you were filming but yeah. we we're doing a clip and at the clip i was like man what the fuck are you doing pay attention da, 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 da. he's and then, Someone said in the YouTube clip, oh, he curses at the kids, time for me to unfollow. Mm -hmm. And then there was a whole debate under that where people were just like, are you serious? Like this man shows love and affection to his kids all the time, but because he curses them or coaches them hard, you're going to unfollow? This is the reason. So then they started going back and forth. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm going to say is that I am going to be super unapologetic about how hard I am on my boys. And if I had a daughter, I would be the same way. Facts. Because I watched that video of that young black man in that, that mall. Mm -hmm. And him being arrested by the police officers while all his other white counterparts got to sit there and watch. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I said to myself was, if, th if that was my son, I would have hoped that I could have put my son in a better situation to handle that. Right. For example, to realize, like, wait a minute, there are 15 white kids here. I'm the only black kid. Mm -hmm. People are raising their voices. Mm -hmm. I'm going to probably be right the only one to get in trouble i need to have some control some control here and and it's not just for boys mm -hmm. it's this i've watched it yes i've watched it at canarsie with young black girls mm -hmm. someone is disrespecting them they choose to raise their voice or raise up because they're tired of being disrespected i've seen it at schools mm -hmm. teachers come involved tempers flail and the first thing they do is grab the little black girl mm -hmm. while these adult white people are you're the aggressors like how is this how is this allowed to happen? Mm -hmm. And what I never want is any Ellis to go out in the world not feeling equipped to deal with the hardships that come in the world. One, one thing I, I guarantee you, my children or anyone who's around me, because when I mentored young men and women for the 10 years in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. I always prepared Still them. Still do to this day. <laughs> Absolutely. I pre prepare them to deal with people screaming and cursing and swinging and hitting so that they can find a place of peace and center mm -hmm. so that they know how to maneuver in this situation and not be emotional. Right. Or not be frazzled. Not be not frazzled. Know you know what I'm do. saying? Yeah. Especially my kids. Oh, like, for sure. Me, me and Jackson had this whole thing. I was like, we was going hard at each other and in practice. I was going, I was go, let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Da, 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 don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Just going back and forth, right? At the end, 
he was smiling, right? And he was just like, I was like, what's, what's up? Like, he was just like, yo, I remember when we first started and you used to like scream at me and I used to just get so scared. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, I, I, f I feel good. Like, I feel good. I know. And I was just like, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you go out in the world and you get coached hard by someone, right. you won't back down from hearing those words because mm -hmm. it's not me trying to belittle you. Right. It's me trying to empower you. And some of these people only know how to coach one way. Right. They only know how to tell you have a teacher. The teacher may be a, a dick. They, they may be hard on you because that's the only way they know how to get the best out of you. Right. And I said, what are you listening to when I'm screaming and cursing? He's like, I'm just listening to the details of what you said I need to work on. So I, and I said, you're getting that's it. it. Yeah. You're getting it. I said, do you even hear anything? He says, no, I don't. I've learned to tune you out. So I said, wait, so you be tuning me out at the basketball games? He says, absolutely. I said, you know what, Jackson? I be tuning you out too. Jackson, be here. Let me high five That's why I, I said. Because I'm like, you got your mama's jeans. Bro, I was, yeah, you do. You be tuning me out too. Sometimes. It goes both ways. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> I felt so good though. Yeah. Because you see at the games, I'll be screaming and he just be ignoring he's me. He's in the game. Which he should be. And he's getting so much better. At this point, at 10, yes. he should be ignoring me at the games and listen. I'm saying, who are you listening to? He's, I'm listening to my coach. <laughs> but but that he's able to compartmentalize now right so he's not easily distracted right. and i i feel so good as a dad mm -hmm. because i i feel like i've given him the tools for sure to learn how to just drown out the noise mm -hmm. don't worry about all the stuff that may emotionally affect me mm -hmm. let me focus on the detail of what i need to do to get better and focusing on that right and that's something he could take through so many different phases of life not just basketball and he wasn't able to do that Mm -hmm. years ago when we first started the minute i used to call him over mm -hmm. he'd be on the brink of crying i'd be like what's the matter i'm afraid i'm gonna get in trouble but now he's just like mm -hmm. what's up what's up what i gotta do right and we teach him to also be confident in knowing that you were right and you didn't do yes. anything wrong like not always feeling like you did something wrong yeah. too you know what i mean that's why we have those moments where we just call him over and just give him hugs and give him mm -hmm. kisses. Like, that's a thing in the house. You know what I mean? Always. That's how you I love you today. You know, that's, that's the greatest. You do that with me too, and I actually really like it. I do that when I'm trying to cop a feel. Like, come here, I tell you I love you today. Squeeze his butt. <laughs> Insert the butt squeeze. The booty. <laughs> booty. Look, that's where the kids get it from, right? Why can't be too mad at them. I can't be too mad at them. I can't. That's dope, though. Um, I'm glad you were able to tell everybody about your little daddy tantrum today. Yeah, I had a little dad tantrum. I had to make sure that we, <laughs> yeah, we had to interview DeVal about his daddy tantrum so he can explain the context. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, y'all. We're going to take a quick break and get into some listen letters after uh, we talk about these ads right here. All right? During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbish charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know... It doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushion. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies, but did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you, you know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe. Did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. 
<laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a Black-led brand, we make room for another Black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of Black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right, we're back with listener letters. I'm yes, going to go sir. first today since I got interviewed and called to the carpet. For, ah, you sure did. You know, <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to do that. It's part yes, of accountability. Call to the sitting room. Call okay? the sitting room. All right, here we go. My husband and I recently celebrated our first anniversary. It, anniversary. It wasn't known to many because our actual wedding was canceled because of COVID. And so we decided to just go to the city clerk and get married. Oh, congratulations, guys. The funny thing is we told everyone, his parents, my aunt and uncle, since I don't have parents, etc. About three weeks after when it really sunk in. So on our anniversary, I told his mom, my mother-in-law, today is our anniversary. Her response was weird and shady. Oh, really? I didn't place that. Oh, okay. Wow. And then she casually <laughs> said, well, happy anniversary. Uh, she didn't call or text him to say anything and feels troubled by it. So truth is, him and his mother haven't been haven't had the best relationship since I came in the picture. Oh, oh I already know where this is going. Then you went and took her baby and got buried and she wasn't involved. Mm-mm, Yeesh. As a mom, I'm fighting you. But okay. she, she felt like he puts me above everything and everyone in her family once mentioned to me that she is jealous. I feel bad about it all, so I try to, my best to keep a good enough relationship with her. But down deep down inside, it's not genuine, and I somehow feel fake just because I know how she feels about me. She is also still in constant communication with all of his exes, and I don't know how to oh, feel about boy. it. I have better relationships with her sister and niece, but I crave to have a genuine relationship with her, especially since I don't have a mother figure in my life. My mom passed a few years ago. Whew, that was a lot. LOL. How do I go about fostering a genuine relationship? And Well, you can start by not taking her son and get married without telling her, but okay. And helping my husband to rebuild the bond with his mom. So I'm wondering, why doesn't the husband have a bond with his mom enough that he can tell her that? Is it that he's not strong enough to stand up to his mom and say hey Mm-mm. this Mm-mm. is who i love and this is what it is no that's not or is. is mom and son just i'm about to tell you right now mama's boy and her son I'll tell you right now he's he might have a little bit of mama's boy in him okay but she might be a little overbearing as well the mother and, yeah no 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 his mother her the girl the girl friend yeah right? or wife now because okay. here's here's it is Qu- question serious question okay we decide we're going to elope and get married uh-huh are you not going to tell my parents no, absolutely not. What type of person goes and elopes and doesn't tell the person's parents? Someone who wants to control everything, right? Right. Let's be honest. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> this is why didn't you call mom and be like, yo, I think you should tell your mom. Like, that's that's just fucked up. Right. Like there's no way around it. Like mm-hmm. if we're gonna be honest with people, let's be honest with people, right? Mm-hmm. When you went and married that man without saying, Hey, right. you know, we want to get married and you know, we at least want to tell you if you can make it or blah 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 or something. Right. But after the fact, hey, we got married. That's uh-huh. messed up. If I would have did that to your parents, your parents would have been pissed. Yeah. I think as a parent in general, you just would have been pissed that you missed that yeah. in your child's life. This is my on child. On the very basic level. <laughs> right. Like the on the most basic level. This right. is my child. You took my child, had a moment, right. and a did not moment. include me. Yes. And you can't sit there and be like, oh, I forgot. That's how I felt when you cut all of Jackson's hair off. Finally, you can relate to a story. That's very different. When you No, it's not. Because I cut all of Jackson's hair off, y'all, when he was just a little bit over a year, and I lost it. So I'm going to explain now why it's different. Okay? You don't have to tell the whole story. I, we know. We, we don't. Story. We, listen, we don't have to tell the whole story, but this was a cultural difference. Mm-hmm. In my culture, in the Southern Baptist culture, mm-hmm. it is a man's responsibility to take care of his son's hair and first haircut. It's okay sometimes you surprise the mom with a haircut. I took my son to get a haircut. In your... Uh, West Indian, Jamaican, Vincentian culture, you guys would like to control everything. So you guys want to be able to tell me when I can get my son's hair cut. That's not going to rock. So you saying Jamaicans and Vincentians are controlling people? That was not the case. I just wanted to be a part of it. No, I just wanted I to said, experience it with you, bro. It, first of all, I said in your, I in your you culture, when. in your culture, because you said to me, you said to me in our culture, this is what you said to me, it is not common for a dad to just take 
a son to the barber to get their hair cut. That's not what happened. No, that's not what it is. I said, typically with my culture, they wait till babies start talking. You have to start saying words first before they cut their hair. That's that's that. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I was just more hurt in that moment because I wanted to just be there to experience it with you. That was all. So now I just feel like I missed the moment. The same so way this mom might have felt like she missed the moment. I'm going to explain how it's different, right? Mm-hmm. Cutting someone's hair to surprise the mom is more like, surprise, I cut out someone's hair. Not surprise, we got married. I That's a you. big I'm just difference. Saying, yes, but I'm just saying in terms of feeling hurt that you were left out in a moment. That's the correlation I'm trying to make here. It was a moment in their child's life that they feel like they were lost. I get it, but it's still yeah. apples and oranges. His hair gonna grow back. They, they marriage is not gonna grow back. All right, that, that marriage back to the marriage. story. I was just trying to make a correlation about being left out. Well, that out correlation wasn't correlating. There was no coral. There was no so, coral here you at go all. Trying to con- control the correlation, but go ahead. So yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, so what I'm saying is I think that to me was something that's I'm gonna say irreparable, mm-hmm. but you have to acknowledge that that's that's wrong. Right. And it's like you you, know? you can't you can't help the husband have a relationship with his mom or rebuild that. No. That's something that's gonna have to happen with him and her. Um and in terms of you fostering a genuine relationship with her, they may have to repair that too before she even wants to talk to you, sis, because as far as she's concerned, you didn't take her baby. She said it's not about them having a bad relationship. They haven't had the best relationship since she came in the picture. Oh. So clearly, Yikes. clearly she's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Now, whether she, whether she is the problem remains to be seen. That can only happen because of discussions. Mm-hmm. But she could be part of the problem. For example, mom might have realized that her son is finally taking someone serious. True. So if mom is really finally realized someone's now she's starting to get like uh oh right uh oh but then she has these relationships still with the exes before so maybe because she knew that she could someone else that could be it for him or she could realize that I can control those situations because my husband my son don't take those women seriously Mm. so it's easier to have those relationships because you know like he don't really right whatever but when that one but when that one comes around around, when that one comes around and now it's Thanksgiving and it's just like. Where's Deval? Deval's totally here at seven o'clock, and then Deval comes shows in at nine o'clock. It's like, oh, I was with Kadeen's family. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, uh-huh. oh, you uh-huh. see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So all uh-huh. of that happens first, right? Then y'all get married and don't tell his mom. I know. Yeah, they need to go to therapy. Uh, all y'all together, especially yeah. if you want the marriage to thrive and last and yeah. whatnot. Because as much as you want to say, oh, it's just me and him, and we don't really need nobody in his family and his family. No, that's still gonna yeah, drive a wedge, and gone, it's still yeah. gonna be. That elephant in the room every single time. So. And those conversations are worth happening. Like if y'all if y'all really want to build a family unit. Yes. Yes. And build. I, like I as a mom to four boys would hope that I have a good relationship with my future daughter and daughters in law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope so too because I don't want to be having to have and... those conversations. Dad, dad, talk to mom. Talk to mom because mom. <laughs> no, I would. Know. I would love that actually to have great relationships. So I'm. I'm I had said before I'm betting daughters in law for anybody. Some good stock. If you anything like your mother, that's gonna be gonna be difficult. Cause <laughs> your mother was woof, for me to try to. Woof. I know, but you you stood the test of time and. Cause I'm a renegade. That's home. why. That's why. Never that's been afraid to say what's on my mind. That. That's a fact. Any given time of day. That's a fact. I had to hustle. <laughs> Back to the wall. Ashy knuckles. <laughs> next next letter hey Devon and Kadena, I wanted just to say I have so much love for you both in your families I pray you that God continues to bless you all your babies siblings parents cousins friends etc in ways beyond your wildest dreams thank you so much may he keep you all oh this is oh, a prayer girl come on close your eyes Devon may he keep you all safe healthy and prosperous for decades and decades to come thank you for that I receive that and send that right back to you my question is how can i convince my man that he that me wanting to protect myself isn't me being confident in his ability to protect me okay i'm 25 years old and i've been with him since we were both 21 i got my concealed carry license and first firearm when i was 23 at the encouragement of my parents who both have theirs He's from a small town in Georgia, and I'm from the south side of Chicago. He believes that the man is the protector. And while I agree, my parents ain't raised no fool. I understand, sis. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Thug life. Thug life. (laughs) How do I convince him that me having a firearm and a CCL does not mean that I don't trust his ability to protect me? 
We're not together 24-7 and people are nuts. I agree. I pray I never have to use my firearm, but my decision to get it had nothing to do with him. It was for me. I'm also surprised that he's just now bringing up the issue because I've had it for two years and he didn't say anything in the process of me getting it. I don't think he took it seriously at first because I did the concealed carry course. But <laughs> that's what I'm talking <laughs> that's about. Possible, yes. Um, but I waited nearly two months or three, sorry, three months before I brought my bought my first firearm. It's not a personal attack against him or his manliness. It's just that I'm from the south side of Chicago. Roseland, the wild hundreds, the hood hood, and the streets don't follow codes anymore. So I'd rather have the option to protect myself even when he's not around. Any thoughts on how I can be considerate of his feelings without compromising what I feel is best for my own safety? Thank you in advance. If you have the time to read and or respond to this email, God bless y'all. So, Deval is a gun owner. <laughs> I would have been a gun owner a long time ago had my wife been on along with the gun ownership mm -hmm. um when i was in the nfl i bought a gun because i wanted to be able to protect my home at the time i used to go to away games my wife used to be home i said yo i got a gun i'm gonna teach you how to use it she was just like i don't want to have to use a gun so i got rid of the gun because she was there by herself and i got a dog instead okay big ass dog big ass dog but now we have kids and we have a huge home and Mama Bear here is on a very different page right I'm now. I'm on a different type of time. So she's Don't like, pull up, she's like, Don't pull up. when are you taking me to the shooting range? Mm -hmm. I want to learn how to do this. She wants to get her concealed carry. I she's want a CCL, DDL, BBL? not a BBL though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good on that, but I'm yeah, gonna you get all the. You definitely get on that, <laughs> especially after four months. Um, but yeah, but not. I feel like it's important for black people particularly to understand the importance of carrying a firearm. Mm -hmm. Like it is our legal right, second amendment right to be able to carry weapons legally. Right. And for centuries, the government and the systems that are in place have been used to stop us from carrying firearms to defend ourselves. Right. So we can't defend ourselves in our community. They weaponize the police they bring them in our communities. And you see people, black people dying at a higher rate than white people because of gun, because of gun issues, pretty much. You know, like it's the violence is a big thing. So I understand, I said all that because I understand why people are afraid of guns. Mm -hmm. But with all of that said, and all of the violence and mm -hmm. gang violence and, and right. all that's this a whole other stuff, story. But speaking is, to her story. But but also, I'm not gonna say gang violence without saying uh school shootings. Mm -hmm. Because they always put us with gang violence. Mm -hmm. But we know white kids be shooting their classmates. Mm -hmm. And it's fair to say that because when they talk about gang violence, they always say black on black violence. Mm -hmm. Like white on white violence don't exist. Facts. And all of that is a form of gun violence. Mm -hmm. But what we're talking about is protecting yourself, especially if you have a property. Mm -hmm. Right? If I'm her, I tell my husband or my boyfriend, if you're not here and someone comes in this house to do harm to us or our children or to me, wouldn't you feel better if I had something to protect myself? That's a fact because you can't do much through FaceTime, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if Kadeem FaceTime me talking about something devout, somebody in the house. My first thing is, why didn't you shoot him? <laughs> like, like seriously, like right. once once you get to this point where you have to protect yourself and your kids, that's a fact. Kadeem gonna be in here. Type of time now, yeah, especially like Cleo <laughs> from freaking set it off. Facts, my cornrows and all. Facts, I'm I'm dead serious. Like, but, but seriously, you, like, we have a right to protect ourselves, especially if you think about this country in the world, right? It's Black History Month, right? I don't know if people ever heard about the, um, it's not called the floating cities, it's the drowned cities mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. There, I think there are oh, yeah. over over 20 cities that were all black owned businesses. Yes, I businesses. think there was like Central Park mm -hmm. out here in Georgia as well too. Like um, lake, there's a lakes. So yeah, there, are, there are lakes in the country, mm -hmm. there are man-made lakes. Mm -hmm. And underneath these lakes are cities mm -hmm. that were once black owned businesses and property that mobs came in because black people started doing well and pretty much burned down the houses, raped the women, killed the children, killed the men. And then they drowned. They pretty much flooded the cities and now they're lakes mm -hmm. that, that this culture, white America celebrates. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like during those times, it was easier to do things like that to those communities because those communities were not armed the way they were supposed to be armed. Mm -hmm. When mobs came in, right, if every household had a gun or multiple guns and everybody, mom and dad, knew how to use those weapons, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been too many drowned cities. You see That's what I'm saying? Right. 
But part of it is keeping us docile, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep my wife docile. If I'm her, I'm telling you, I, I, and I pray that, like she said, I never have to use it. Of course. no one. But wants, me yeah, knowing yeah. that my wife can handle herself when I'm not around mm-hmm. or and handle something if my kids get into something makes me feel so much more confident as a man. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I work. I travel a lot. I would feel comfortable knowing that my wife has a concealed carry. She knows how to use multiple firearms. And on top of that, I'm teaching my sons from young. I, I learned how to shoot guns when I was young being down south. Mm-hmm. I think we as a people need to understand that learning how to use a firearm is part of the culture we live in in right. America. And then also to the education around it. So we need to just walk around here willy-nilly with guns, yes. not knowing how to assess situations properly, how to have discretion with it either. <laughs> and you know what I That lo- can be an all in the problem too. You know what I realized too? In places where you have concealed carries, right? Mm-hmm. When you know other people may have guns, people are a little bit more polite. Because when you know that that person over there may be carrying too, mm-hmm. you ain't going to be as flipped with your mouth. That's a fact. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, and we've as seen a, things end very horribly <laughs> if they decided that they wanted to. Right. And and being in New York, for example, where there's no concealed carry and people go into clubs and you have to get patted down and you're not holding anything when you go into these clubs. You watch people get drunk and talk crazy and things get out of control mm-hmm. as opposed to being in a place where there's firearms allowed. Why are people a little bit more calm? Mm-hmm. In those places. You want to know why? Because nobody really nobody wants to really die. Know. Nobody wants to get popped off on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if I'm her, I'm saying explain to him the reasons why you need it. Mm-hmm. And he needs to understand why it's important for his woman to know right. how to take care of herself. It's nothing to do with your manlyhood. Like, <laughs> at all. At all. And women still deal with attack, sexual abuse, and I think it was another one. And I think the rate is five to one when it comes to men. Mm-hmm. Women are still victims of abuse at a higher rate than men in this country. A woman that knows how to protect herself, to me, is A-OK. Because on top of that gun, K going to learn how to throw hands. Ever since we've been in college, I've been teaching K. All of the stuff that I learned doing martial arts, I did mm-hmm. martial arts for seven years. Yeah. A black belt in taekwondo and jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I taught her about when people grab her. If yep. some, I, I told her all this stuff. Disabling because folks. Disabling folks. I want her to know these things. So hopefully he listens. And, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And like she said, hopefully she won't ever have to use it. Right. All right, y'all. If you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us at gmail. Sorry, not at gmail. At gmail, but deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. Moment of truth time. Going back to, I feel like we spoke about so much, but going yeah. back to your... um. Your daddy moment that you had. Yeah. Moment of truth. My moment of truth is very simple. I'm unapologetic about how hard I am on my boys because we exist in a society that doesn't view black boys the same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. So I cannot listen to the world when they say this is how you should raise your children. You're not even coming from a perspective of dealing with things that me as a black father have to deal with with right. my black sons. So I'm going to parent my boys the way I know how best and I'm unapologetic about it. That's a fact because you two have been a black boy once and now yes. you're a black man. So you understand what it takes. Yes. And I, that being said, have never been in that position. Um, but I do know as a black woman raising four black boys that I agree with you on mm-hmm. that. Um, but my moment of truth is um, knowing as parents when to when to know how to address your children when you need to apologize for something that may not have been right in that moment. And not just always falling on the idea that I'm the parent, I know better, I know best, where you know that potentially you were not 100% correct in that situation. And being okay with apologizing to your children and acknowledging your wrongs in that moment and letting them know that there's a safe space for the apology to take place and for understanding to be had. Because I think that's equally as important as the way we're raising them. Yes. And before we get off, I want to... Get it correct. The name of it is called Drown Towns. Drown Towns. So go Google Drown Towns and see exactly what I'm talking about. And you'll understand why we as black people need to have firearms to defend ourselves in our own homes. There we go. All right, y'all. Be sure to follow us on social media if you have not already. Dead Ask the Podcast. And you can find me at Kadeen I Am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate Review and subscribe. Yeah, season seven, y'all. Well Dead underway. Ass. Tell your friends. Dead Ass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead Ass the Podcast and never miss a thing.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms.